Hello, and welcome to part two of our sculpture series here on the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Keith Peterson out of Tucson, Arizona, discusses his unique approach to drywall sculpture and how he may have been inspired by Bernie Mitchell. Um, so again, one time, uh, Carrie sends me a video, my brother Carrie sends me a video of Bernie, Bernie Mitchell. Yeah. And you know, with the wolf, you know, and yeah. I was like, man, that is beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, man, you know, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be doing something uh, a little more, a little more special, you know? So, yeah. So I, uh, and that really inspired me to, to take, take my work to the next level, you know? The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. You can find out information about the Drywall Podcast, Fresco Harmony, and a lot of other things if you reach out to me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. But for now, Keith Peterson on the... 28th episode of the drywall podcast let's get into it hey nick what's up keith how's it going <laughs> here we are yeah here we are i'm a little nervous but this is beautiful perfect you got fresco harmony in the background um and we're lucky so we have keith peterson out of tucson arizona our second sculpture artist of a three sculpture artist series that we're doing. And uh, Cameron Brown brought it to my attention that I had only done one sculpture artist, Jason Griffin. And he was like, Hey man, when are you going to do the other two sculpture artists? I was like, well, Keith, I don't know if Keith's going to do it. <laughs> um, so a little hesitant. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It's going to be fun. It's going to bring awareness to this unique form of art. It's going to get you connected maybe with some other sculpture artists. Um, and yeah, man, we go way back. How how far back do you and I go? Uh, probably at least 10 years, I think. Yeah, I've yeah. Doing, I've been doing Fresco Harmony for quite a while now. Probably about yeah. 10 years. And that's when I found out about you and your... Uh, fresco harmony so do you remember how you found out about fresco harmony um actually carrie somehow found you on youtube and he mm. actually started doing fresco harmony himself funny and then uh he showed me a wall at his house and i really liked it so i was like i need to learn this you know so i just uh, uh asked him where to find the the product and uh, how to how to get a hold of the product and uh I ordered a, a color pack. I think you might have sent me a free color pack. Uh, sure. Something, but um, I did an accent wall on on my my li living room wall, and I really liked the results. So I just kept kept going with it. Yeah, you've sold a few projects, right? It's kind of part of your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. I try to offer it, offer it to my clients whenever I get a chance, and uh, you know. Um, you know, most of them don't go for it, but there's there's a few that really 
really, really yeah. like it, you know? So yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but most people are usually just in the market to make their walls uh, look, look okay. You know, they're not yeah. like looking, they're not actually in the market to, for a nice wall finish like Fresco Harmony. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sales is a sales is challenging. You know, that's a unique uh, conversation altogether. And oh, so yeah. go, going back to the history of uh, Carrie Peterson, you have two brothers. Is that correct? I have three brothers. It's uh, three brothers. Ken, Crazy. Yeah. Ken, he works for Poplin Construction. And then Carrie and Mark are pro finished drywall. So um, we used to work together, but I kind of decided to kind of go off on my own. I just, I like to simplify things in my life. So I, I just decided to go on my own. Um, but we worked together for quite a few years. We did you, a lot of- You uh, and Carrie and Mark? Yep, me, Carrie and Mark. Um, but not not Ken. Ken's, a, he's in a different division of construction. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he works for a restoration company, or actually, it's a construction company. It's uh, they do everything. So uh, right now, he's uh, like a manager, supervisor, manager type type thing. But okay. Um, um, yeah, I've worked with all of them before. I've worked with all my brothers doing piecework, doing okay. uh, you know taping drywall basically. Uh, we both we all started pretty young we were around 18 or so uh, i've been doing it the longest i've been doing it since i was 17. okay uh, so uh, so yeah we did that for about how did you get into uh drywall do, and do, do you guys hang or is it just finish no we try to stay away from hanging as much as possible mm -hmm. <clears throat> smart guys uh, that's pretty rough work, so we try to stay away from that. But uh, uh, yeah, we've been ta we taped for about about twelve years, and then we kind of all started doing our own thing. You know, we kind of got tired of just taping all the time, so we started. Uh, uh, I started a drywall business, a drywall repair and okay. remodeling business. So. Um, and then eventually Carrie and Mark started their own business. Um, so yeah, we've been in business since about 2006. Okay. So I've been in drywall. I've been in drywall since I was 17. So that's about 28 years. 28 okay. Years no. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, you similar. I'm 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 right out there on the same sort of uh, timeline uh -huh. there with you. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, quite a while. You've been doing it for about twenty years, haven't you? Yeah, I can't remember when I was in the union. It must have been around two thousand one or two thousand two. Uh -huh. So quite a while. I, ne I never worked for a union, so I don't know. I don't know anything about unions. Yeah, it was just try. It was a good way to learn. Um, you know, I I was an apprentice, and so I actually went to uh, classes. They had apprenticeship classes once a week that we had to go to, and uh, I was fifty percent. And then you get raises based on how how many hours you have on the job. 
and uh-huh. that that sort of thing. And so you go from 50 to 55 to 60, 70, 80, 90, and then you get journey out after about three years. Uh-huh. Okay. It's pretty cool. And you get raises, you get raises as you achieve another percentage rate increase. Okay. You get that that percentage of journeyman uh, rate. It's a, it's okay. a pretty it's a pretty good program, you know. Yeah. I mean, you get paid well, to learn a trade. You don't graduate like you graduate college with a big debt, and you know th- this way you are, learn the trade, and when you get out, you're making you know a very good wage with full benefits and vacation pay and things like that. A little different than the peace rate route, you know? Yeah. We didn't get any of that (laughs) paid vacations or anything like that. (laughs) Uh -uh. No. So the the union takes care of you pretty good, but there it's, you know, it it has its, uh, it has its own uh, challenges too. Uh, You're asking how I got into the drywall. Uh, So basically um, my uncle taught my dad, uh, back in the seventies. Um, and then my dad, you know, I grew up watching my dad do drywall. Um, he used to move, we used to move around a lot cause he, he was always looking for the, for the work, you know, following the work. So we used to move a lot. And, uh, um, you know, I, I grew up around drywall my whole life. So, I always just figured I was going to be a drywaller when I was, when I was little, I, that's kind of what I expected to be when I grew up, you know, it's kind of, yeah. usually kids follow what their, what their dads do. You know, they end up doing the same thing. Now, were you, were you, were you in uh, Mexico? Is that right? At that time? So you came, you, you came, we'll go, we'll go all the way back. So your dad was from Mexico, which city in Mexico? Uh, my mom's from Mexico. My dad's from the White Mountains. Okay. Uh, so basically, my dad uh, went to visit with some uh, Mormon friends of his. Uh, went to went to visit Mexico because there's a, a Mormon colony down there. Right. It's called, it's called the Baron. So my dad went went to visit with his friend, and my mom at the time was working for the Mormons. Uh, you know. Uh, taking care of their kids and and uh, cleaning house and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's where they met. And my dad didn't know Spanish. My mom didn't know English when they when they got married. You know, perfect match made in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and th- what city? Si- sorry, say that. What city was that again? Uh, in Mexico, it's called uh, LeBaron. The colony is called LeBaron. And the, the city's called LeBaron. The, the colony's called LeBaron, too. And this is interesting. We'll get more into this. But uh, that's where your – so your dad was doing drywall down there or up here in the States? He was doing drywall up here, and he met a guy that had connections with uh, that community. Okay. And uh, so he, he invited my dad to go visit. Okay. So he go he goes down there and 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 meets my mom and falls yep. in, love, in love with her and they end up getting married and okay. um, so I was born down there. Okay. Uh, but we used to move back and forth quite a bit. You know, my right. whole ch- my whole childhood, I was always the new kid in 
new kid in uh, class, you know. Yeah. But, Do you uh, have dual uh, citizenship? Yeah. Yeah, most people from that community have dual citizenship. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's uh it's been interesting for sure. Do you speak uh do you speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak uh cool in Spanish. Okay. I think it was my first language or Yeah. I grew up with both languages, so I'm cool in both. Right. Right. Does your dad your dad probably speaks Spanish now too, yeah? Yeah, he speaks Spanish. Uh he learned it pretty well. Uh yeah. kind of hasn't had to speak it as much lately because he uh him and my mom got divorced so oh okay i was gonna ask yeah so he hasn't uh had to speak it so much lately so he's kind of forgetting forgetting yeah yeah cool so you started uh you your dad was drywalling and that's sort of how you got into the trade but you i assume you were up in the united states by then full time yeah we came to tucson when i was 12 and We've been here ever since. Okay. And then we, you know, I started doing drywall one summer with my dad and I think it was about 93. Yeah. And, uh, I worked that summer with him and then I went back to work for a, a restaurant and then I was like, man, I, I just, I didn't, I did not like working for at a restaurant, you know? So I decided that, that I yeah. wanted to do drywall. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went, you well, you you have that mud that bug that I have, and uh, maybe Jason Griffin has. You have that little bug where you really like the mud. Oh yeah, so much yeah. that you make art out of it, which is very unique. You know, there's there's not too many uh, people that actually take that medium and create art. Uh, so that's kind of cool. So you, but you like working with the medium, yeah? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I. I've had it in me since I was a little kid, you know, cause, uh, sure. I remember when I remember when I was about seven years old, um, lived in, uh, Winslow, Arizona for a year and I fell in love with this little girl. Uh, and, and then we moved to Mexico. So it was kind of a, a heartbreak, you know, for me. Yeah. Boy, I'll I say. I wasn't going to see her again. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I grabbed some of my dad's, uh, I think it might have been some type of smooth set, some type of powdered mud. Uh, and I, I mixed some up and I I poured it on the ground somewhere and and, and I wrote uh her name was Kim, so I wrote uh Kim and Keith, you know, and I, I made a heart with it, you know. So Beautiful. Beautiful. Real romantic. <laughs> that was my first uh artwork with drywall mud. <laughs> That was your first mud artwork. Um, <clears throat> so you, so so the seed was sort of planted there. You, when you were maybe around 12, 13, you start dabbling in it, following your dad to work during the summers. You get into drywall. Was it right away that you started creating art or is that something you sort of, is that a muscle that you developed or did you hang out after work and kind of play around with the mud? How did that, how did that come to be? Well, my dad, uh, um, what was I going to say? My dad used to take us to work with them when we were, you know, I was like seven, eight years old. He would take us to work and we would spot nails for him. Yeah. You know, and that was my first experience with the actual drywall work. And, uh, 
you know, me and my brother loved it, you know, cause he would pay us, you know, I think it was a dollar or something like that. <laughs> like a dollar an hour. Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. I think we'd yeah. only work for about an hour and then we'd yeah. just run around. We'd run around yeah. the house, you know, but, uh, so that was my first, first, uh, experience with the actual drywall, uh, doing drywall. But then, uh, when I was, um, I started doing drywall. I never really got into doing anything with um, actual sculpting. You know, I did a little bit of sculpting in art class in high school. You know, okay. Played. Did you have a Did you have a medium or an art that that preceded uh, working with the mud? Did you Were you drawn to like you know drawing and painting? Did you have sort of an yep. intrins intrinsic artistic uh, gift or sense? Yeah, actually. Um, when I was 17, uh, I fell in love with another girl in high school. <laughs> yeah, true romantic, this guy here. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I started drawing her, you know, because I wanted to just, I wanted to draw her because I thought she Sure, sure. Got to emulate that form. <laughs> <laughs> love so it. I, uh, I drew her. And man, it was it was a terrible drawing. It was just yeah. absolutely terrible. And I wanted to improve, you know. I wanted to to get better, you know. And uh, I think I maybe I did one more, try to do one more of, of, of the same same girl. And then I just started drawing from uh, magazines, you know, people for magazines. And I started improving, and uh, I just kind of fell in love with it, you know, with uh, pencil drawings. Sure. And, uh, so when I started doing my, my, um, mud work, it actually helped me a lot to know yeah. how, to, how to draw, especially faces because, you know, did you, did you take formal classes on the human form and specifically the head? I know they have specific, you know, no, they're, they're, there's lessons and courses. Of, I think I read a couple of books here and there, you know, just, to but uh, not no formal formal training or formal, okay. formal classes. Uh, my full my first sculpture was I think uh, a paper mache dummy that I made, and I tried to make it as realistic as possible. Uh, and I think that's when I fell in love with sculpting. Um, so I think I went a few years without really doing any sculpting, and then I. How did you do the? How did you figure out the paper mache? Were you? Um, were I you kinda, taking a taking a class, or did you see something online, or? No, I just. I kind of had an idea of how to do it, you know, and I just okay. started playing with started playing with it, and um, it, it worked out, you know, it worked yeah. out. The, the dummy came out pretty good, you know. I, I made the face, and yeah came out pretty realistic so i think that's when i fell in love with uh, sculpting yeah um, and then um so yeah one night i was just laying in bed and i was wondering huh, i wonder if people make <clears throat> do sculptures with drywall mud you know on the wall yeah so the next morning i get up and i go on google you know and i i uh i i found like several 
wall sculptures and i was like oh cool you know i was excited when i i saw like a tree or yeah um, a tree and some other other type, type of sculptures and yeah I your trees your trees are exceptional and to our listening audience if you haven't checked out keith peterson's uh stuff online uh you got to go check it out and that's on on facebook you have a bunch of stuff right yeah it's uh keith peterson drywall art yeah i used to have uh an instagram page but i think they uh they they did away with it you know i think i put a a, a nude in there or something i think that's probably the reason why they they oh too bad they cut me off so <laughs> well maybe you should maybe you should like uh uh, try and try and go on there again because that's a fantastic avenue for showcasing your work. I do have I do have a new account. I haven't posted anything on it yet. Uh, okay. I'm probably, probably going to start posting on it soon. Okay. Start posting posting all my work. So. Yep. Um, yep. But um, yeah, I would consider so yeah, you to be. I... I I would say you're more um you're you're linear. But of the sculpture artists between you and Jason and Bernie, I would say you're more abstract. You have a, a you have a more whimsical sort of abstract uh, uh, essence to your work, you know, oh, okay. which I like. I I mean oh. that's just my own interpretation. <laughs> oh, okay. um, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how to interpret my uh, my art. Yeah, I've always figured like uh like I I've always liked realism. And I've always thought it to be more more realistic for some reason. Yeah. But, and have you, did you, you hadn't heard of Jason Griffin, correct? Or vice versa? Had you seen his work? So, so I had, uh, so I started doing some sculptures after I, after I saw on the internet that there was people actually doing them. And I yeah. did, um, I think I did uh, maybe two or three sculptures, but they weren't very big. And they weren't very, um, they weren't that great, you know, they were okay. But uh, um, so again, one time, uh, Carrie sends me a video, my brother Carrie sends me a video of Bernie, Bernie Mitchell. Yeah. And, you know, with the wolf, you know, and yeah. I was like, man, that is beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, man, you know, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be doing something. Uh, a little more a little more special you know so yeah so i uh and that really inspired me to to take take my work to the next level you know uh, excellent and bernie is going to be on the show we got him scheduled that's awesome yeah yeah so yeah i talked to him on the phone really great guy the canadians are really great people um, you know, super cool guy. I've followed him for a long time. He's always been a supporter of my stuff and what I'm up to. And, yeah. uh, you know, I look forward to hearing his story as well. Um, so this was probably, so this couldn't have been too long ago. Then when you really got into the sculpture art, you were pretty far along. Like if you're, if you're into drywall, 28 years, sculpture art didn't come the drywall mud art stuff didn't come until much later in your drywall career. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't start doing a uh, drywall or drywall or, um, actual uh, sculpting until, uh, 
you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Okay. All right. So, so yeah. So um, that's a while. That's a while. And you've done art shows. One question I'm always, I always wrestle with when I did my first sculptures, they were on pieces of sheetrock and it was always like, well, what do I do with them now? Like, do I frame the sheetrock? And then it Uh it didn't occur until later. And so early on, what I did was I actually removed the existing sheetrock from the wall and I screwed the art piece to the wall. And then I'd use J metal and like, I cut out the studs even. So I created like an inset of the art piece and right. it seems like now, I mean, in retrospect, this was 20 some years ago. I mean, in retrospect, it seems like very laborious, but man, yeah. I, I just thought it was cool. And also I was using color too. You also are pretty steadfast white, but you have used color in yours. Uh, Jason Griffin, I know uses color very sparingly and Bernie doesn't use color at all. He's very pure about that. Uh, I know, I know very little about his art, but, um, uh, tell me about that. Did you? So you saw the wall art, and you just intrinsically were like, "Oh, I want to do it right onto the wall, like that's where it's gonna live. Um, you're, ne- you're never gonna take it with you." That was my idea when I when I first found out about it. You know, like because that was what I was thinking that night that I was wondering about it. I was thinking of you know doing it directly on the wall rather than on a sheet of drywall. But then once I actually started doing it, I couldn't just do it on all my walls. So I started doing it on pieces of drywall. And uh, some people didn't want to actually didn't want it actually on their wall. So the only other solution would to be, you know, put it on drywall and then put some type of border around it. Yeah. And then some way to hang it on the wall. So yeah, that was a little challenging when I was trying to figure that out, but, uh, I eventually figured out that the best way is to just, uh, make a frame with, uh, uh, one by one by twos or one by threes. Okay. Then, um, would you know, hang, hang the drywall on that. And then, uh, I've used, uh, uh trim, I've used trim techs to put around the, for the border, uh, sure. Which which I love trim text. It's really really nice product. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I've used on mine, and and then you just add a an attachment, you know, to hang the for hanging the the piece on the wall, you know. Yeah. And they can get pretty heavy, you know, but yeah. But I've gotten away with with uh, being able to hang them on the wall, so. Very cool. Very cool. And you've done a couple art shows with your work, correct? Uh, no, I've never done art shows. I've thought about it a lot, but I've never actually, actually done it before. Oh, wow. Um, is it something you want to do? Um, at this point, I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause I've kind of, I've kind of gotten away from sculpting lately. Yeah. Um, because I, I had a problem with my hands where they were hurting quite a bit. Okay. There was a a time when I was playing the guitar and sculpting at the same time and then going to work in the morning. Yeah. So so my, my fingers were constantly, 
constantly doing something, you know, and I started noticing my hands were hurting, you know, from doing all this stuff. And uh, now I'm just trying to kind of rest my hands a little bit and see if I can get them back to. I have the drywall podcast, how to listen. Now, have you listened to any of the podcasts just out of curiosity? Yeah. Did you figure, I figure on, it out? I usually go on Google and just search for, uh, you know, drywall podcast. But okay. I also have, I also have the, the Podbean app. Oh, okay. Did, you can. I did have a little bit of trouble to start with. Uh, that's what you were saying i just got the podbean app and then uh yeah i mean if if you're not if you're listening and you're not a big podcast guy and you kind of just want to hear the drywall podcast getting the podbean app's a great way because all of them live on there and you can just you'll get a notification each time a new episode pops up so that's that's a good way to do it yeah 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 i've been i've listened to quite a few of them uh you know it's I've learned a lot from just listening to the podcast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Use tools anymore. I don't use the tools anymore and I don't plan to in the future. I just, I kind of had my time with, with the tools running the tools. I just don't use them anymore. All my, all my work is, is handwork now, you know? The tools didn't take with you, huh? You, you used them for a little while and now you're like, eh, I don't want to use the tools. I used them for 12 years, but I think that the jobs that I, that I do now are not big enough to have to use them, you know? Right. A lot right. of the jobs are just smaller remodels and repairs. Oh yeah. A little bit, a little bit, you know, you're a, you're romantic, you're a musician. Um, you know, you like to create arts. I've noticed that you, you like to, you know, experiment with different things yourself, you know, so. (laughs) I was never sort of satisfied, you know, drywall. I was, I loved it. And, you know, but once I learned it, I kind of, you know, and you can't really know everything, but, you know, I kind of had it down and texture was sort of the last of the steps that I needed to learn. And right. once I learned that, uh, it was like you needed to move on to something. something color was, different. color was the natural like sort of next step. Um, okay. You know, podcasting was always just kind of like uh, I like listening to podcasts, and I always, I, I always thought it would be fun. I like editing video, and and so it sort of caters to that need, that creative you know, uh, need. It's been very yeah, fun my, though. My son is very, my son, Davian is very creative and he actually, that's what he does. He does a lot of videos. Okay. So I know, I know what you're, I know what you're going through, you know, cause I see him going through. Yeah. And ed- he probably does a lot of editing. Does a lot of editing. And, uh, that's what he hates the most is the editing part, you know, I oh. don't know about you. I I guess I would have to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, I guess. And that's good. That's good that you enjoy it because I'm sure you enjoy filming as well. Filming these, these podcasts. Uh, I'm sure you enjoy doing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like somebody sort of had to, but 
you know, like it's almost like I wanted to, I wanted to hear the podcast. I wanted for there to be a podcast and there's a couple that are out there and the ones that are out there, I didn't like the way they were doing it. I, I wanted, I wanted to hear more from the guys that are doing it. You know, the guys that I, the guys that I'd met and seen online that were really cool, that were up to cool things that were doing sculpture art or that were doing drywall art with Trimtex products or drywall shorty. She's on social media and she does lots of cool things. And she's also loves drywall and not very many people can talk about drywall, you know, only you have to kind of do it. I'm not going to talk to a general contractor about what, how, you know, whether or not I'm using a box, they don't give a shit. Like nobody really cares. Um, So I wanted to hear that story. I wanted to hear the stories that drywallers had to tell. Yeah. And you're doing a great job. I think, I mean, you're, you're, you have the gift of gab, you know, so yeah, uh, to actually uh, um, do really good interviews. Thank you. Thank you. Really enjoying your interviews. Well, I appreciate it. And this one's no, this one's no slouch. I mean, this is all, this is all good information. We haven't gotten into the nuts and bolts of your art. People can certainly go onto your uh, page and talk about it. There was a couple other things though, that we discussed prior to coming onto the podcast, you weren't feeling well and you hadn't been for a while and you had, uh, you had this insomnia and you were saying that it's a direct result from mold uh, uh, mold. And that was your, that was your diagnosis. But can you tell me a little bit about that? I basically, uh, do a lot of repair, repair work. So I run into mold, mold quite a bit. There was a time when I was, I had this stomach issue. It's called an H pylori. It's a bacteria that causes ulcers. So I took antibiotics for that. So I basically killed off all my good and bad bacteria. Um, and then I, I was working on this job that had quite a bit of mold, mold in it, you know, and I think that that's what, that's how this, uh, mold got in my system and and started creating this issue, which, you know, I have now, but, um, and did you go to a doctor? Did they tell you this is the issue? Um, well, how did you, how did you diagnose that that your insomnia was directly related to the mold that you've been exposed to? Um, just because I've been I've done a lot of reading about it about different different health issues, and it's pretty obvious that whenever you have a, a, some type of health health problem, it's going to affect your sleep. Okay. And this this mold thing that's they call it candida. That's what I have. It's called candida. Candida. Yeah, it's it's a fungal infection basically in my system because uh, mold is opportunistic, you know. So if it if the conditions are right in your body, it'll get into your body, and if you, and if you have something going on and the conditions are perfect, the mold will start taking over, you know. Okay. Um, and it turns into it turns into yeast basically. So it, it doesn't grow as mold in your body, but it, it grows as yeast. Okay. And they, you know, people call it candida. So yeah, I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a real strict diet. I don't eat carbs or sugar. I, I very little beer or, uh, okay. or anything like that. 
So And so would there in looking at that, is there something that maybe you would have done differently or will do differently into the future? Wear a respirator when you're working around mold or are you more aware of it now? Yeah, much more aware of it. I make sure to to wear a mask every okay. time I see every time I run into mold, I wear a mask and okay. a respirator. And um I think the big thing here, the big issue was that I was taking antibiotics at the time. So for anybody out there that's going to be taking antibiotics, make sure you stay away from mold. Why is that? Because when you're taking antibiotics, it kills your, basically your good bacteria and your bad bacteria. So in your, in, in our bodies, we have, we have good bacteria and bad bacteria, but the good bacteria usually keeps the bad bacteria under control. Sure. Uh, if you have health problems, especially, just try to stay away from it. You know, when you, if you have asthma or or stuff like that. Okay. And then we were talking about. We talked a little bit earlier in the podcast. So, uh, are are you a Mormon, or are you, is that a big part of your family? Are you are you very religious in that regard? I was raised Catholic. Okay. My mom was Catholic. So my mom's, uh, you know, regular, uh, tra- traditional, uh, Mexican, sure. you know, yeah. that's the dominating religion in Mexico. So I grew up Catholic. Okay. And on my dad's side, I have, um, Mormon ancestors. Uh, that, yeah. Um, like one of my, great great grandfathers uh founded snowflake uh, snowflake arizona okay uh, back in the early or late 1800s i think so i have a lot of family history and snowflake uh, and that's like a uh, mormon town you know okay and my dad grew up mormon my dad grew up mormon but he got discommunicated from the church because he wasn't participating so okay. Discommunicated just, just him. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I've been around. Uh, does is he does he still practice like being a Mormon today or? No, no. He he didn't want anything to do with it after after he got discommunicated. You know, I don't think he ever wanted anything to do with it. But sure. That, but that was his decision. You know, I I don't have anything against Mormonism or or anything, but uh, sure. That was his decision, you know. We were talking about, though, this colony, LeBaron, down in Mexico, though, and I think we were talking specifically about, which was interesting to me, you were talking about the the Hispanic influence, or they would come up here and work and then go Mm -hmm. down and buy cattle. That was interesting to me in this particular place. Yeah, yeah. So... uh... And so and I was like, well, why cattle? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so basically, here here's my cliff notes from our conversation. Uh, Keith mm-hmm. and I were talking about like you know the Mexicans coming up, Hispanics are coming up, they're working, and then they're taking money back down and they're investing in cattle in this LeBaron place, and yeah. that's something that's something that they do, and I didn't, it never occurred to me. But uh, there, there's probably there's a deeper conversation there. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, 
So basically, this Mormon colony um, has like, I think like maybe, I think at least 30% of the people there, uh, women and men, are involved with drywall uh, or have done it at some point in their life, you know. Okay. I don't know why. I guess it's just a good trade to good trade to make money on, I guess. Uh, but um, I think it just kind of started with maybe some of the guys down there doing drywall and then it started kind of spreading, spreading. So uh, these guys would need help down here in the United States when they would come down here. They would mm -hmm. need workers, so they would hire people from from Mexico, from that colony, and then it just started. Uh, it started just spreading, you know, because sure. it, it was a good good way to make money. And then they basically come down here. They all live in in a small apartment, you know. Yeah, and maybe maybe ten guys will pile up in an apartment and live there yeah. for about maybe five six months. And work their asses off, and yeah, you know, make as much money as they can, and then they'll go go down to the colony and uh, and invest it in cattle and and land and uh, pecan okay. orchards. There's a lot of pecan orchards down in, in LeBaron. So, and then they can do better. They can do better with those business ventures down in Mexico. Yeah, because they want to live down there. They want to live in Mexico. Uh, so right. But They're the wages always, aren't the wages aren't good enough. You got to have a pecan or a cattle or some type of land acquisition in right. order to make in order to make a, a good enough living that where you're comfortable. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works down there. And there's a lot of people that have been able to to get pretty wealthy doing that. You know. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty interesting history down there, uh, the colony of LeBaron. There's LeBaron. Yeah, it's uh, one it's one of the colonies that's kind of uh, close to the colony where Mitt Romney's parents were born. Okay. Uh, so you know who Mitt Romney is? A yeah. Candidate for. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. we all know who he is, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so his his parents were born in a Mormon colony down in Mexico. Oh, interesting. Oh, Mitt. That's, it's about 40 minutes away from from LeBaron. Okay. So they have a lot of a lot of ties with that. Yeah. Part. So interesting and then there's ties to the Mormon church, there's ties to drywall. Uh, so do you so you're doing primarily patching now? Correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I I have this uh, problem with energy, so um, I can't take on, on super large, stressful jobs anymore. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. How old are you, Keith? Physic I'm 46. Okay, um, we're the same age. Yeah, yeah. You're you're 46 as well. I've heard that on the other podcast, so I knew you were uh -huh. 46. <laughs> yeah. When's your birthday? September 18th. Nice. September Happy 18th. birthday. Thank you. I got you by a few months, buddy. Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, but we, I've noticed that we have a lot in common. I've heard you say that with other guys, you know, that you have a lot in common with 
as other guys, but I've noticed that you and me have like yeah a lot, a lot in common, you know. Yeah, other, yeah. Except for the gift of gab that you have, you know, you're really good. At it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and, and I lived in I, I lived and worked in uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona, too. That what and. Uh, which is very close to Tucson. I mean, we would drive up to Tucson sometimes, you know, if we wanted to go to the big city from Bisbee, yeah. you know. Uh, How do you, what do you think about, what's the difference between Tucson and Albuquerque? Is there like, I mean. Tucson's a little bigger. It's a little more metropolis, uh, more traffic. Okay. Yep. You know, okay. Tucson's growing much quicker than than Albuquerque. Albuquerque tends to be a little bit, you know, it's hard. Um, this area is hard to grow. You know, it has a harder time. It has a little bit harder time growing um, for whatever reason. I like Tucson. It's a little cooler here than Tucson for sure. Tucson's hot. Yeah. Uh, although you're getting into some nice months right now. Are you surrounded by large areas with, with very low population? In Albuquerque, or is it? Are you are, are you kind of on the edge of that large uh, span of just uh, mountain mountainous area in New Mexico? Yeah, Tucson and Albuquerque are similar in that there's a large mountain range right next to our town, and mm-hmm. I think even to the west of the mountain range it sits a town on the Rio Grande, and then, uh, um. Yeah, there it's similar. It's just similar. a little smaller. It would be like a little yeah. brother, a little brother to uh Tucson. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's what I've always thought is they're probably about the same same size, same population. Yeah. I've never really Just less tra- less traffic, um which I really like. I like that there's less people. We have about a million people here, you know. Okay, yeah. I think we're a little over a million here. So. Yeah. So pretty, pretty similar. Just no, there isn't that expanse. Like as you head North to to Phoenix, right. There's that, you know, there's a lot of expanse that way. We have uh Rio Rancho, which is an urban sprawl on the other side of the Rio Grande. And then, you know, we've got Los Lunas and some outs outlining smaller areas, but uh, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty slow growing here. We lived in, uh, Deming, New Mexico, and you know Silver City as well. Yeah, when I was a kid. We used to go to the City of Rocks quite a bit. Have we just been uh, to City of Rocks? we just drove through there. My wife and I hiked into the Gila, and we did a hot springs up in the Gila. There's a ghost town up there. I I posted a video on YouTube uh, okay. that we visit that we visited. There's an old ghost town and. Uh, we visited the hot springs there and it was, uh, uh, it had been washed out. Like they had a huge 50 year storm and it was really treacherous to get back in there. It was probably a six mile hike up the riverbed, but the, the hot, the hot springs were still coming out of the rocks and we, we had to make like little springs. I mean, New Mexico is gorgeous. It's, I I love that. It's still like un un so unpopular that you can do stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it, ha- I, it hasn't I gotten saturated. Mexico. Yeah, I lived yeah. there about two or three years, so I, I love it. Uh, we used to go to the other hot springs. I'm not sure if it's the same ones, but we used to go to some of the hot springs there, and we always used to run into nudist people there. You know, I don't know if it's still. 
the same, but we used to run into there were there were a couple other couples. I mean, we went with another couple, and we had our kids. So I mean, you know, it was a treacherous hike for them. I mean, they they did very well. Uh, I wouldn't recommend taking your you know six and seven year olds on this journey but uh our our kids managed okay and then we had our my friend had his girlfriend and i had my wife so we were clothed everybody was clothed there was a dude sort of up there and then there was like these other people that were kind of up there but it was you know there wasn't any nudity on this trip um (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, but it was, it was stupendous. I mean, there's some gorgeous, amazing stuff here in New Mexico, you know, if you really, you should take your kid to the, uh, city of rocks. You'll really enjoy that. I've heard, I've heard of it. One of my best memories down in uh, New Mexico is the city of rocks. (laughs) Well, if you get a chance, you can watch our video on the, so I have three YouTube pages. I have Fresco Harmony. I have the drywall podcast YouTube page where you can also listen to the drywall podcast, but I also have a personal Nick Harmon page. So I go on these like campouts, these, these, I do backpacking and various things. We went to Prague in Germany and I'll do videographies of these little trips that we go on and they're on the Nick Harmon page on YouTube. So I have a page where I do these videos and uh, yeah, you can see our recent video. It's about a 15 minute video. Oh, okay, I haven't about, seen them on YouTube, but I occasionally mm-hmm. see what you're doing on on your Facebook page. So yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, and then what does the future hold for Keith? Are you going to bust out some artwork here? I I, I mean, are mm-hmm. we going to have a get together where we have you and Bernie and uh, uh, Jason come down? Um, and do do like do, do like a, a we'll all collaborate on a mural or something. Um, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be super? I was thinking about it during the interview. I was like, how cool would that be? We could all like jump on a big wall and just like do whatever we want, like create some yeah, sort of that, cool I've mural. Thought about that quite a bit. You know, I would like to coll- collaborate with another artist and do something together. You know, and see yeah, be what, fun. See what it look. What, see what what we get at the end, you know? Uh, yeah, we'll keep that. We'll keep talking about it. Are you going to start making more art though? Hey, are um, you just sort of on a break or, you know, I mean, well, I get I'm, it. I'm still, it ebbs on my I'm still on my break. There's this uh, lady that wanted me to do a tree for her. And, um, then, uh, my mom started having some health problems and I kind of, kind of lost, lost a little bit of interest. With yeah. It. Um, so I haven't talked to her for a while and uh, I'm not sure if she's even interested in doing it anymore, but she'd be interested. Uh, I think I see this art stuff more as a hobby though. I just, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I'd rather just do the things I want to do rather than, than uh, have somebody, have somebody tell me what to do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, o- I'm open to, to doing the work for other people because a lot of times people will just kind of let me, they'll give me an idea of what they want and they'll, then they'll just kind of let me loose and kind of figure it out on my own, on, you know, what, what I'm going to do. Sure. Um, uh, so that's kind of nice when that happens, but when you, when you have somebody that's telling you exactly what they want, uh, it can be a little, uh, a little difficult sometimes. Um, yeah. 
but um, I think I do plan on doing some more art, artwork eventually. I'm not sure when. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to have the inspiration and you have to, you know, feel good to, to do it because it takes a lot of energy to make one of these uh, sculptures, you know, it takes a lot of time and, and, and energy. So I'm also wanting to get into mold remediation now so okay um i'm looking into that right now and let's you know see where it takes me i'm not sure where it's going to take me but i'm gonna you know at least get my my feet in the water you know yeah yeah and what wall is that behind you it looks like stop me if i'm wrong but that looks like a gray with a warm silver sealer over the top of it yeah this is uh burns charcoal Okay. Burns charcoal. I actually, uh, I know you're not supposed to do this, uh, but I, I diluted it a little bit because I wanted it a little bit lighter, you know. Okay. I don't recommend, I don't recommend doing that because you can run into problems. <laughs> but yeah, uh, since I do artwork, I felt, felt confident enough to be able to <laughs> yeah. dilute it and make it a little lighter, you know. Sure. You can do it however you want, man. I mean, how did you, how did you make it lighter? Did you use more mud? I just used less of the, uh, of the product. Less. Of, so the challenge with that is a lot of the product sits at the bottom of the bottle. So even if you're using, I mean, unless you stir it up real good. Mm -hmm. So I would almost like empty it into another container stir it really good to make sure it's all stirred up and then use yeah. half of it or instead of using a three and a half gallon box, use a five gallon bucket. So use more material and you'll get a lighter color. Yeah. I usually put a little rock inside of it just to mix it up, you know? Oh, that's a really great idea. So uh, that's what I do <laughs> just to get all the color out from the bottom, you know? Gosh, I should put a marble in every bottle. Yeah. <laughs> like just to, so when you shake it up. Yeah. Yeah, but if I try to match this wall, uh, I'm probably not going to get the exact formula, you know. So that's the downside of, of diluting it. That's why that saying. is the downside. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, you know, how how you could dilute it and still keep your a formula, some type of formula, so that you could recreate that color. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Using more mud, or yeah, you could use a double batch, like mix. If you wanted a half ratio, you would mix one color pack with two boxes of mud in an oversized yeah. bin. That would give right. you. That's a good you, idea. You could do it that way, and that yeah. way your formula is not compromised. You'd be like, oh yeah, then this wall, I did that double ratio. It would it'd be right. like instead of adding less color, you add more mud. Right. That's a good and, idea. And you create you create half the tone. Yeah, because I run into customers that that have requested like a lighter shade of this, or you know. So I've had right. to I've had to do that sometimes. Usually it's it's just like an accent wall or something. But yeah, if it's a whole if it's a whole room or a whole house, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Not well, gonna... and yeah, you could get you could buy a custom color to also but uh that would be a good way to do it because you're also doubling your uh material yeah you know you're buying yeah, less color you're buying less color packs you know if you're using if you're using two to one i mean yeah. you could even use three to one you know 
right. if you right. wanted to. Um, right. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of ways to skin a cat. Yeah, I would I would encourage all the drywallers out there that haven't tried Fresco Harmony to to give it a shot. You know, do at least <laughs> do at least one wall, at least one wall, yeah. and get a feel for it and see if you like it. You know, um, it's only going to add another skill to your. Yep. You know another skill that you can offer to your customers and you know even just your own your own house i mean it's nice you know it's nice to have i have fresco harmony in just about every room in my house nice Uh, i did a fireplace just recently i'll show you that real quick oh nice so see it looks like it looks like there's a colored sealer there or is that a swirl are you doing a swirl there yeah that's a swirl Okay. That's a swirl. So what color did you swirl in with the Burns charcoal? Um, I used warm silver. Okay. That's what it looks yeah, like. So that's kind of like, that's normally what I use is warm silver. I want, I've been wanting to try the pearl. <clears throat> yeah. The pearl metallic. We have a Patterson snow with pearl swirl coming up. I just have a feeling that that this pearl color gives a nice a nice feel to the wall. Yeah, for some it does. It really does. It gives that. It gives those lighter colors some flair. Yeah, I'll have. To and then try it out. And then, uh, of course, pearl of wisdom. What would you bestow upon the drywall community if you could put something on a billboard or uh, share some insight with your drywall f- community nationally and globally? Um, I would say enjoy, enjoy your work. Enjoy doing drywall. Um, and just know that you're providing a very important service to your clients and you're, you're making their lives better. And because uh, sometimes we just do it for the paycheck, you know? Yeah. And we actually need to enjoy the work and uh, enjoy the work, you know, um, just know that you're doing something good, you know? And that makes you, that makes you feel good, you know, when you're doing something, providing a service for someone. Yeah. Also, it's a different it's a different perception when you look at it that way. Yeah. And it makes it makes work more fun, you know, it makes it uh easier yeah. when you have that set of mind. And then um but I also want to say, you know, especially to the younger guys out there, you know, that are starting to do drywall, um do drywall, enjoy it while you're doing it, but also have a plan to, to eventually get out of it, you know. Uh, sure. And, you know, s- save 10% of your income, you know, and invest and yeah. have, have, have a way out of it eventually because you're not going to yeah. do drywall for the rest of your yeah. life. If you're in the union, they have retirement plans and things like that. But if you're on your own or you're working for somebody on the side, yeah, you at four in your forties, you start thinking about that retirement and um, you know a plan for the future, things like this. And you uh, don't really think about it in your thirties as much, or your twenties. Exactly. 
you don't think about it at all in your twenties, but uh, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plan for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Uh, sorry. Keith Peterson, uh, Peterson drywall, uh, Tucson, Arizona. If you would like to see uh, Keith's work, it's extraordinary. Uh, I love seeing all your new stuff coming out. I haven't seen any in a while, but uh, I always enjoyed following. And that's uh, Keith Peterson Art on Facebook. Is there a page? Um, yeah, it's just uh, Keith Peterson Drywall Art. Okay. And that's on Facebook. Any other platforms? Maybe you're going to start something on Instagram, but is that yeah. is that pretty much it for now? Yeah, uh, I have a, a new account, but I don't have anything on it. It's uh, okay. Uh, what is it? Drywall Artistry Man. Yeah, that's what it is. Drywall Artistry Man. That's what I I use for my for my name. That's Instagram at Drywall Artistry Man. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe we can help you beef some, you know, get something going on there. So post a couple things so that I can share, you know, with all the followers on the drywall podcast and also the fresco harmony page. Um, you. Yeah, yeah. You could throw up your, uh, you know, your fresco stuff on there too. You know, some yeah, of your, definitely. some of your fresco harmony photos. Um, yeah. Heck yeah. And then uh, no website. No, I don't have a website. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for being on the Drywall Podcast today, Keith. Yeah. I know this was uh, this was a stretch for you, and I really appreciate your time, man, and uh, your openness and being being open and honest about your experience in drywall. Thank you, thank you. It was good being on with you. Yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool. Um, and we will be in touch. Maybe we'll uh, get together and have like a a cool four artist collaboration how cool would that be man yeah, just that'd a, be awesome. <laughs> yeah meet up somewhere really cool and do a giant mural you know how cool would that be so yeah, we'll have to would... we'll have to work on that <laughs> that would be really cool until next time man i hope you have a fantastic day we'll talk soon yeah it was good talking to you finally <laughs> after all these years <laughs> yeah after all these years all right keith you have a good day we'll talk soon okay take it easy all right bye Special thanks to Keith for being on the Drywall Podcast today. I appreciate your time and your wisdom. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to every Friday on platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and also YouTube. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today exclusively by... Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you have questions about the Drywall Podcast, Fresco Harmony, our uh, guest, or anything, you can reach out to me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. Thank you so much for joining the Drywall Podcast today. I sincerely appreciate it. Join us next week for our third drywall sculpture artist, Bernie Mitchell. But until then, keep drywalling.